0: This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century.
1: Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 138. 138 enunciated (laughs) i am adam bell your host and joining me as always is my co-host peter nicolaitis how you doing peter i'm doing pretty well how about yourself i am also doing well considering we're living through the pandemic and uh we're still alive (laughs) alive and huffing through (laughs) we're still living through the pandemic (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah (laughs) <laughs> so didn't, are our loved ones, and that's a good thing too.
0: Uh huh. Didn't I? Um, didn't I just uh, hear? Was it a ten- Tennessee gubernatorial candidate? Uh, speaking of pandemic and everything, that uh, just just I uh, think it was Tennessee candidate, gubernatorial candidate, suggested that uh, our president should declare martial law.
1: Uh, I don't know about that. I don't pay attention to the news enough. Um, and now I know
0: why I try not to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Governor Lee is our current governor. And I don't think, I mean, I guess he's, if whoever you're talking about, he must be. um hoping a woman. For the next. He or she. Okay. She, yeah, I don't know who she is.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: supposedly she's been described as a uh, Trump in heels.
1: <laughs> Trump in heels. Um, I think the, country has kind of stated where they stand on that
0: <laughs> uh a fake news
1: on well no i mean like <laughs> they, they didn't reelect him so clearly oh, they,
0: but but that's 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 a lie election right exactly
1: (laughs) that's a lie but Uh, you know whatever whatever.
0: okay well that was the that was the political portion of this show (laughs) let's move on to fun things (laughs) we had a lot to talk about today where do you want to start
1: uh well let's start at the top and then we'll go from there we don't necessarily have to keep going down but we'll start there
0: (laughs) start at the very beginning all right follow up from last week um Black Friday deal, as we mentioned, I purchased uh, Eero wireless, a, um, the base unit and a repeater. It's Wi-Fi 6 compatible. And although it looks like it was a little limiting at first, um, I so far do not regret the purchase at all. Mm-hmm. It lacks a lot of bells and whistles that I really don't need. <laughs> and my wireless performance is way better. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the weak link in my wireless home automation entertainment system mm-hmm. is my Sonos. <laughs> Specifically, it's integration with, well, anything else.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, anything.
0: Yeah. So it's AirPlay. Uh, I've been having trouble for months, m- years with AirPlay on Sonos. Mm-hmm. And I own a Sonos Beam, which has AirPlay enabled. All the newer Sonos stuff has AirPlay native.
2: Mm-hmm. and
0: also has either Google Assistant or Amazon's Assistant built mm-hmm. in. Native. Well, not, not native, but built in to the, yeah, native-ish. <laughs> um and the, the A word, the Amazon support is always lacking in one way or another. You mm-hmm. try to tell it to do something and she'll say, oh, audio actions are not supported on this device. Or there are some things you can do with it that you can't do with other stuff. Um, and the AirPlay stuff, I was really hoping when I yanked out my old wireless system and put in the Eero that my Wi-Fi problems were, would go away. The AirPlay mm-hmm. problems would go away. Well, I think the Wi-Fi problems went away, but the AirPlay problems have not. <laughs> yeah and uh so you know it just sometimes refuses to connect sometimes it just doesn't you know just doesn't work and sometimes the sonos s1 app because i need the s1 app because i have the older hardware Mm -hmm. um just doesn't load and you know just like comes to a splash screen with the s1 and that's all you see
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so yeah i in hindsight if i had known how poorly Sonos would be performing right now, I probably would have gone with something else, especially now where um, you can, uh, as I understand it, you can have uh, Echo devices, Echo speakers connect in like pairs and play the same music across all of them.
1: Oh, nice. And
0: that's why I bought the Sonos. That was my whole reason for having Sonos was so that I would be able to, you know, like move from room to room throughout the condo and hear the same stuff. Mm -hmm. I've invested a lot of money in this stuff. And, (laughs) you know, so... Who's yeah. friend friend of the show Scott Willsey every time he hears the word Sonos he just gets angry at me and he's just like just <laughs> throw it away throw it away
1: well that's what yeah. one of my guys at the office they were like well I was I was thinking about getting a Sonos and I said no don't don't just don't do it
0: <laughs> if if you if you are going to be solely in the Sonos ecosystem I would say you can probably do it but in the off chance that you want to stream something from your iPhone or you want to use another virtual assistant, a smart assistant with it, it it sucks. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really used the Google assistant. I tried it for a day. It was just too confusing having the lady in the tube and the Google lady, you know, like compete, mostly yeah. competing in my headspace for like, wait, who do I talk to where and stuff. Yeah. Um So
1: I recently bought one, well, so I bought a Nest video camera for my office. You have three three of them?
0: I don't have the Nest cameras, but I have two Google Home Minis and one Nest Home Mini. Okay. I also have an Android tablet. Mm -hmm. And of course, I have the Sonos Beam, which could be Google.
2: Mm -hmm. And of
0: course, I have the Google Assistant app for iOS, which I never use.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I bought I bought that camera for my front door at the office so that we would get notification when when people were there. And because when COVID hit, you know, I would still have deliveries and I needed to be able to communicate with drivers as they're dropping off stuff. Yep. Well, now I've got somebody at the office all the time, but the doorbell's there with the camera and they ring the doorbell and nobody can hear the doorbell except me on my cell phone wherever I am. So I put in my little Google nest mini in the office and they ding the doorbell and it says to the office, somebody's at the front door.
0: (laughs) Congratulations.
1: (laughs) So Uh, that worked.
0: (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah. So, so I got that. I also um, uh, another black Friday purchase. I didn't, I don't think I mentioned this last time. Uh, I'm not sure I want to go into details on it just yet, but I did buy a smart lock. Oh, you're talking about at the front door? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you did talk about that.
0: Did I mention the the brand, though, or anything that I bought?
1: I don't think you mentioned the brand.
0: Yeah. yeah. If I didn't, I'm probably not going <laughs> to. <laughs> I haven't heard anything bad about it. Um, I just um, don't want to, um, you know, like give hackers any ideas. (laughs) Hey, let's mess with Peter Here, Here's what he's using. We found his
1: IP. Let's uh, go.
0: (laughs) But with the exception of the Sonos uh, and also, I guess, well, the Philips Hue, I should double check that. Um, Almost everything at this point is, yeah, I got to move the Hue. Pretty much everything, uh, all my IoT devices are out on the guest network, mm-hmm. and the Eero by default does client isolation on those, so they mm-hmm. can't see each other. So that's a decent amount of you know protection, keeping your IoT stuff away. So if I get infected by, um, oh, what was the big what's the big giant bot? I don't even remember that. There's so many of them now. Yeah. giant you know botnet out there made of IoTs stuff. Mm-hmm. At least it wouldn't be inside my network. So, yeah, happy about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So pro tip for our listeners, if you have a wireless device or your wireless controller, create a separate SSID for your IOT things so that if somebody hacks them, that's as far as they get
0: <laughs> now more. Yeah, and, and not just, just an SSID because get a you, 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 well, you could make a separate SSID and just bond it right back to your, to your internal LAN. That doesn't, do yeah. anything. It's like- yeah, Make sure it's a, separate, a guest network. <laughs> right, if you buy a separate access point, for instance, and you say, oh, this is my guest access point, but it's tied directly to your main mm-hmm. network, all you've done is cluttered it up and added more signal to, you know, slow down your wireless yes. and join them right in. So you, you talk to an IT professional, a security professional, someone who knows what they're doing before, yeah, if you yeah. have no idea what you're doing, which is when most people- Most people, yeah,
1: they just say, well, I, I don't need wireless my internet service provider gave it to me.
0: <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I, I was actually pretty impressed. The, the, the software that I have running on my, um, my Verizon Fios router, it looks like it's a Linux version mm-hmm. um, and it was fairly, um, you know, it seemed fairly customizable. It, it could do some decent stuff, mm-hmm. um, but as part of what I've been doing, I disabled the wireless on that router altogether Mm-hmm. And you know, again, just trying to clean things up. And mm-hmm. I'm getting about 300 megabits per second uh, downloads when I do some tests, nice. which is the speed of my FiOS that I'm paying for. Mm-hmm. So you know, if the Wi-Fi can support that, it's not not too shabby. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah, so so far, two thumbs up for the Eero systems. I'm 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 pretty happy with it. Pleasantly surprised. Cool. But Sonos, not so much. But the other thing too is now with, with all these, with uh, everything's an app, everything's an IOT, everything's a service, nothing is easy to troubleshoot.
3: Uh-uh. So
0: I had this problem. I'm, you know, we know that uh, the lady in the tube will read your Kindle books for you, right? Cause I mm-hmm. like to have her do it. It's it, the voice is a lot more pleasant than like the iOS screen reader or the Siri voice. And mm-hmm. I do this without paying for Audible, right? So in the last few weeks, I've uh, had her read to me and alternated reading on my Kindle. uh, Classic novels, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Dracula, Jekyll Mm -hmm. and Hyde. Now I'm reading King Solomon's Minds. They're both Kindle books. They're part of a series. There's a hundred books you must read before you die.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: The first 50 is free, the second 50 is a (laughs) dollar. So no brainer, right? I bought those. And, you know, all classic works. And, you know, there, there, there are some, everything I'm reading, I was like, this is really great. Mm-hmm. Volume two, I had it, I say, read this book. And it says, what device do you want to play it on? And it lists this device, meaning this A-Word app, um, all my Echo devices, and all my Sonos devices uh, <laughs> options. So I can play it in any any or all of them. I go to tell it to read volume one, the book that I'm reading now for King Solomon's Minds. It only lists this device and all the Amazon hardware. (laughs) So I thought I was having another Sonos issue where suddenly it doesn't show up, right? But no, this is definitely an an Amazon problem because in the same app, if I pivot out of this book into another book and I say, I want you to read this one, it's like, sure, I'll read this anywhere. Like okay, how about this one? I will only read this to you here. It wants something from me. It's like, you know, it's like no, you need to be over here for me to read you this book. It's mm-hmm. like, what, what, the free stuff has to come through Amazon, and then why the dollar marketing? stuff. You know, you might be right. I don't remember which book it is. It might be that might be related to the fact that I paid money for one, and one was free. You might, you may not be wrong. <laughs> Free stuff can read anywhere, but the stuff you bought is tied to their hardware or vice versa. Uh, No such thing as a free book. Bingo. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Um, Meanwhile, a uh, representative from Sentinel One reached out to me and connected to me on LinkedIn this week. Mm -hmm. As I'm in the middle of evaluating next-gen EDR solutions, I said, sure, I'll take it. I'm probably going to end up talking to you soon anyway. Might as well yep so he reached out and said hey john thanks for connecting <laughs> he wrote he, that to me wait you, isn't
1: your middle name john no 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 oh no. yeah <laughs> well he, he should have gone through the greek names because he could he, he surely would have hit uh, david nick <laughs> there are a lot of uh, chris peter there are a
0: lot of there chris. are a lot of greek johns too don't get me wrong but yeah. i'm not one of them yeah <laughs> John. I mean, yeah, he was close. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was an annoying piece of, you know, LinkedIn correspondence, not as annoying as an offer that I got from this scumbag though. What was his name? <laughs> oh yeah. I will build your Wikipedia
1: page for you. Sunny. Sunny for Sunny. 400, $450. Wasn't it?
0: yeah for every company owner or startup founder it is always great to see his startup listed on a prestigious platform like wikipedia to increase brand credit excuse me credibility and impress investors impress investors (laughs) wikipedia is the fifth most visited site and reputed site on the internet and if you are here, it means you are the best with respect to all the factors mentioned above. Okay, I'm gonna cite a page that I have not yet seen, but I, was heard, I heard this referenced on my Tuesday night Dungeons and Dragons game. I'm going to the Wikipedia page, at, uh, wikipedia.org, mm-hmm. and I am going to search for, I can't believe I'm typing this. Whale penises. <laughs> there is a Wikipedia page for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is
1: my understanding that, because oh, when you sent that, I was like, isn't Wikipedia free? Yes. To, to fill out your information. Now, nobody may want, nobody may care or pay attention to it, but because you could, what I read was the process is you write it, you submit it, it gets reviewed, and then they either post it or they don't. Well, you
0: know, I think they post it, but then what can happen, I don't, I don't think people aren't reviewing. It's all very open. I think what happens though is people can sort of downvote it and say, this is irrelevant. Yeah, and it needs to go away. But the whole point of Wikipedia is anybody can put anything up there. Yeah. It's open.
1: Because there, there is an Adam Bell in Wikipedia, the English outlaw Adam Bell. But that's yep. not me because he's dead and I'm not dead yet.
0: <laughs> so so I'm just ex- excerpting from this email from this guy from Sonny. Wikipedia is the fifth most visited and reputed site. And if you are here, that means you are the best with respect to all factors. <laughs> I am sending him back a link to en.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash penis hyphen whales. <laughs> Sent. <laughs> That's my response. Because <laughs> yeah. if you're there, you, this is, I mean, that screams Excellent. respect. <laughs> to me, you know, and excellence, <laughs> uh, Brother. and excellence. Uh, yes, excellence and respect. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, do we want to jump right back into our main topic, what we were talking about last week?
1: Yeah. This yeah. So, on forever. <laughs> yeah, we go on. So, so last week, just as a recap, we briefly talked about, um, you know, how how people are breaking in. It really, I mean, from a cybersecurity standpoint, how people are breaking in, what methods they're using, you know, and it's interesting. So this week, um, we had a we had we put in some rules across the board for all of our clients, and we got a notification that a forwarding rule had been created in Office three sixty five for one of our yes. clients, and it created Business a ticket.
0: email compromise.
1: Business email compromise. So we got a notification. We got two notifications like, oh, boy. And one of them was the CEO. So we called the CEO first and he said, actually, no, I created that forward rule. Okay, fair enough. You know, so but good to know that that we caught it, you know, because it could have not been. He's like, yeah, thanks for checking. And then but then another while we were on the phone with him. Another notification came in for another person in the same company. So we contacted him, and uh, he says, "No, I didn't create a rule. I'm not even in front of my computer.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what rules
1: are." Yeah, and, and we, so we checked him, and and he had multi-factor authentication turned on. So somebody couldn't have just opened a web page and fired up as him. So except
3: that,
0: the, there are some interesting multi-factor authentication bypasses going around right now, but we won't go
2: into that just yet.
1: Yeah. I, I would be interested to hear that when we, when we, when we get to that, because he, you know, within, within 30 minutes, he, you know, we got his notification. We stopped all of his, you know, we, we changed his password. We reset all sessions. And, uh, but we have no idea how, or where they got in, because uh, they were they were logged in as him. They set up a rule. He had multi-factor turned on. Supposedly, he hadn't done anything stupid like logging into a public computer with his credentials and MFA, um, allowing somebody else on his computer and not clicking any links. I don't know that I believe all of those things. Any one of those things could have gotten somebody past an MFA but uh, I am interested to hear what you are talking about with uh, how to bypass MFA.
0: It's probably too complicated for us to get into in the show, but I will... But it it is possible? I'll put a link in the show notes. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I have
1: put a link in the show notes. (laughs) That's like, I I mean, I've seen Kevin Mitnick um, pull things from wireless and, and get the MFA stuff. I didn't exactly understand it had to do with cookies, uh, yeah. but I, but I've seen him do it.
0: <laughs> I've seen him do it. It can be done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so we were going to talk, so we talked about um, how these things are happening. So this week we're going to talk about how we are helping our clients and how we can help people in general Um. You know, there's. We can talk these other details, uh, but really, the number one thing—we're not going to save the number one thing for last. We're going to tell everybody the number one thing. Not bearing a lead. <laughs> is is you? You are the me. You. <laughs> wow. You are the number one way to protect against cybersecurity idiots. Don't be an idiot. Don't I mean, be one. You know, it just uh you've gotta use your brain. Oh you lost me. You lost it. Gotta use your brain. You are you are smart enough not to get hacked. Uh if you if you read, if you take your time, and, and you know, just think about would would my ISP ask me for my password for my email? Why would they need that?
0: <laughs> Why is <It's>
3: Microsoft
1: <laughs>
0: He, so here's the thing. I had a call yesterday with the, uh, the the CEO and CFO of one of my clients. And I had to have a discussion with them about um, my concern that their IT director knows everybody's passwords. Mm-hmm. And the CEO asked, well, what if we let an employee go and we need to get access to their files? We need their password. No, you don't. (laughs) like, no, that's where you send us an email to support and we reset the password or we just have access. What's coincident about this is this is a company where one or more of the staff members are under investigation for various forms of sexual harassment and stuff. Uh, yeah. And I said, if everyone's sharing passwords, you have no proof. Everyone has plausible deniability Mm -hmm. because anybody can say, I didn't write that. That was someone else. They had my password. Wasn't me. (laughs) It wouldn't. Wouldn't me.
1: But yeah. So, well, well, just to reiterate, education. So I don't expect people to just know. They, de- I don't expect people to just know I got to be smarter and how they can be smarter. There are so many free resources out there on the internet of how oh, yeah. to recognize. Um, NIST just released a, uh, they sent me an email. I forwarded along to you. Yep. They have educational resources for anybody that wants to learn. It's free. Um, it's not, it's not complex. It's not rocket science. It is you know, it's plain English that you can read. You can understand there are pictures, there are videos um, to, you know, you don't, uh, there are plenty of vendors. We use vendors, you know, know before PII Secure. Those are paid for services, uh, very good services, but you can get, there are free resources. Go to NIST, check them out. And you,
0: you have to start with an understanding that the internet is a very scary place, right? (laughs) I mean, I'm not making this up and I'm not over, you know, not embellishing. I I don't know what the word is. Uh, Criminals are out there. Nation state attackers are out there. Terrorists (laughs) are out there. Yeah. Okay. And these criminals and nation states, they use... Automation, right? They may not be coming after you, Mm -hmm. but still the prevailing theory at University of Vermont Health, which was down for three solid weeks. And as of last week, uh, supposedly is only back to 70% now. And it's been almost two months. Uh, According to what I've been told, they have not received a ransom demand. They got hit (laughs) by ransomware. They didn't get ransom demand, which Mm -hmm. means... If that's true, whatever hit them, they weren't even trying. It was completely automated and the attacker didn't even know didn't even know that they had hit them.
1: Yeah, didn't know they were successful.
0: So it can literally happen to anybody. You don't have to be a target. You just have to be on the internet in some form or another. Mm-hmm. So you have to start with that understanding. And once you know that, now you have to take it into your hands to say, okay, what can I do to secure myself? Mm -hmm. You know, and you have to. Oh,
1: and our our department of treasury was hacked this week. Uh,
0: So was uh, one of the nuclear agencies. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad, man. This is, this is horrible. And, you know, it's it's amazing. My friends who uh, would support the current administration blindly and not question a single thing seem to be avoiding me now. <laughs> there were these were the ones who were saying that um well we proved there was no Russian meddling during the election in 2016. <laughs> but yet when our CISA director came out and said there was no Russian meddling in 2020 and it was the most secure election yet, he got fired.
2: Sure. So
1: so what do you think do you, we change our passwords every, you know, whatever frequency, 180 days is long, 30 days is short. You think we'll get new social security numbers now that all of our social security
0: numbers are out there? No. (laughs) <laughs> and the thing is, all of our social security numbers have been out there for years. <laughs> I, have, I, I pretty much have, you know, like free credit monitoring for life. Every time there's a new breach, you get a new credit. Just sign
1: you up know. for a new one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Here's here's your free monitoring. Have fun. Actually, um, in the state of Massachusetts, um, and I think maybe Vermont, and certainly others, uh, the credit reporting agencies are required to give um uh three months of free credit monitoring to Mm -hmm. every resident so what you can do is you sign up with experian for one quarter don't pay them don't renew it you sign up with equifax the next quarter don't pay and don't renew it you sign up for transunion the next quarter and then when you're done you go you roll back again and go back to experian and you just that way you can get free credit monitoring but every time there's a breach, I get a year of free reporting and monitoring from someone else. So whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, I got the, I I feel bad. It's, it's, I know better. I know I don't need to do it, but I paid Experian this year for a year's worth of service because my, I, I added an address in Nevada and I Mm -hmm. added an address in Pennsylvania and my social security number uh, got, was used in all of those trends. And my social security number was used to try to get an SBA loan. Yep. I remember that. And I'm like, I need to know I need alerts real time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to pay yeah, for this.
0: I, I just, I'm not a fan of, of this racket, you know, where this company without my permission has all of my data. Yeah. They've got exposes it. Exposes <laughs> it to the wind and then wants to charge me for access to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how um, it's Equifax that was compromised. I don't know how Equifax is allowed to still be in business. They've proven that they don't have the rights to that information.
0: Yep. I actually (laughs) uh, am connected personally. I had a meeting with uh, the CEO of, uh, sorry, the CISO of Equifax last Mm -hmm. month. And uh, it's very interesting uh, Mm -hmm. talking, talking with him and getting his perspective on stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is the new one who came in after the breach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He's also the guy who came in to Home Depot after the breach. (laughs) So he's a cleanup guy. He posts a lot on LinkedIn, like videos. And, you know, it's like, dude, spend a lot of time motivating folks. I don't know mm-hmm. how much you know, he's, uh, he's, see sewing these days, <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, apparently he's got a good rep, but, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think that they, you know, they, they seem to be doing a good job to get things on the right track, but the whole, you know, just ethically speaking, the whole Equifax, the whole, not Equifax, the whole credit reporting process and stuff just bothers me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's no opt out. You're, you're in there. You don't have a choice. If you want to have anything called credit in this country, you got to play. So. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: and so, uh, and here's a tip or in mine, it vacillates between good and very good. So it just happens that I would get a notification every 30 days your credit has just gone down from very yes. good to good. Which, which is like one or two points, you know, it goes yep. down. And then the next month, your credit score has gone up
0: to very good. Log in and see how. <laughs> I get the same things. I get those same notifications. I haven't paid for it, but I get those same notifications. It's like your credit score went down. Yeah, I bought something on my credit card.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Yep. And <sighs> All right. So back to our, back to our uh, how... How we can help? So, do you, so seam. What does seam stand for? S E I M. What does it uh, stand okay, for? Okay, so I
0: usually I usually write it as S I E M, but either uh, way can go. I I, that's that's
1: a typo on my part. You you are uh, correct. No, some
0: people some people put it that way though. Some people okay. write it that way. Um, but a sim a seam a cm whatever you want to call It uh, depends on who you're asking. Uh, It's a security incident and event monitoring solution or Mm -hmm. management solution, depending on who you're asking, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Essentially, it's a way to collect all your log data from various sources. Mm -hmm. And what's nice is that this is where you can go for historic uh, forensics and threat hunting after a system has gotten compromised. Yeah. So if you have to burn this box down, but you have the logs, you burn the box, but you can still find out what happened. Mm-hmm. And as it happens, just last week, I had one of my client's websites compromised
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it was unmaintained. They had put in some new plugins and the uh, attacker was able to upload um, a remote shell via uh, a, an unsecured WordPress uh, form. Mm-hmm. And as that, they got in and luckily, you know, it was a self-contained site. We were able to take it all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way we knew what happened was by analyzing the logs after the fact. So yeah. it's it's very helpful, very, very helpful. Well, and
1: uh, from an enterprise standpoint, a seam, sim, whatever you want to call it, the, the extended logging is is expensive. It's, sp- it's expensive for your organization because of the number of devices that you have. It can be. It
0: can uh, be. There are there are cheaper options yes. out there. Uh, you have to pay for storage somewhere,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? That's the trickiest part. Um, mm-hmm. But if you buy a solution like Splunk, yeah, mm-hmm. that is expensive as heck.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: they they essentially just tell you pipe everything into it, pump everything into it, and then they charge you per megabyte ingested into their solution. Yeah. Uh, Other solutions like uh, Elastic don't do that. And, you know, some of them, uh, what's happening now is I'm seeing vendors, other vendors like Exabeam, uh, Cisco, even Sophos, Mm -hmm. they're starting to spin up their own data lake product offerings. Um, And these are essentially doing similar stuff, uh, but they don't have the same price tag. And mm-hmm. th- most of them, Cisco, I believe does their own, but most of them seem to just leverage um, AWS and S3. Mm-hmm. And that storage is relatively cheap.
2: Yeah. So. so,
0: I mean,
1: so you're talking about the enterprise, but it, this is also not out of the reach of a small business because uh, generally speaking on the high end, uh, you would pay $15 for every device, every device that's, mm-hmm that you want to monitor. So uh, if you're gonna use somebody like Cyberhawk or Arctic Wolf won't deal with you because they're bigger, but yep. generally speaking, if you budgeted $15 per device, so that's, you know, your firewall, your server, your switch, if it's a smart switch, you're in your workstations. So let's say you have 10 workstations at $15 a piece. You're looking at $150 plus your network gear, less than $200 a month. You could have all of this stuff monitored and be able to protect your organization from you. You you don't need it till you need
0: it. Well, that's (laughs) just it. It's like insurance. It's like a seatbelt. You know, you, you've got to, you don't need it till you need it. That's just it.
1: I've been wearing my seatbelt now for 30 years and Ah. I think I've only needed it like two or three times.
0: Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. isn't it easy just to not wear it? <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, oh. so the so we talked about the same sim. Yep. Uh, data retention rules, which is
0: not the same as logging. <laughs> retention rules means how long you're going to keep those logs. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so you-
1: yes, that and uh, like Office 365 retaining emails and mm. things like that is what I really. Oh, so, mean. Okay,
0: that's the okay that kind of data retention. So, right retention of the actual data as opposed to log retention.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: that's the other thing is we've uh, I've been participating in a couple of investigations uh, in the last few weeks, and in in multiple instances, the logs don't go back far enough. Nope. Whatever no. was happening started in February, but the logs only go back to August. Yep. Nothing to look at. Well, you're talking about email retention, for example, though. So yes, mm-hmm. go on. That's that is different, related, but different. Yeah. And and so
1: Microsoft, um, I don't know what I don't know exactly what the, the rule is on Google either, how how long they retain. But Microsoft is actually only promising you, even as an Office 365 business user, 30 days of email disaster recovery meaning if if you have an email and you didn't delete it you've got it in folders they're promising you 30 days of they could restore your account the way that it is now with all of its emails back but day after 31 if an email was just lost because of for whatever reason it's just gone there's no recovery for it now Microsoft has been pretty good about making sure that people aren't losing email just out of the blue, but they have, I've got clients that they've lost email and and they want to tell us to tell Microsoft to get that email and Microsoft points to the SLA, sorry, 30 days is all we're going to do. Um, we we feel your pain. I mean, they they don't act unsympathetic, but they're not going to do anything about it. Yep. Uh, so you have to buy either from Microsoft or a third party, the data, the extended data protection where it takes a copy of that stuff.
0: Some sort of backup.
1: Some sort of email backup.
0: Yep. We use Backupify for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not Veeam now. has a
1: solution. I mean, lots every, yeah, lots of solutions. Yep. So if you, I mean, ju- you just can't think, oh, well, Microsoft's taking care Because I, Because liter- my client literally told me, well, I trust Microsoft's business practices and they're going to take care of it.
0: It's, I mean, <laughs> you do trust Microsoft, but they're not perfect and sometimes they don't take care of it.
1: Yeah. So, well, sometimes they can't even if they wanted to they they couldn't because they have retention rule do you know how much data they have
0: <laughs> <laughs> google has been i don't know if you've gotten emails though but google will start deleting old data soon like unused data yeah. unused accounts mm-hmm. so even google who's you know always been like we never delete anything they're starting to actually delete stuff now yeah Interesting. Yeah, I,
1: got, I got, I get, I mean, I'm still a Google um, workspace or whatever it's called now. G suite. G <laughs> suite. G suite. <yeah>, the suite. <laughs> I got G suite. G suite. So I've gotten the notification that it's, they're it's deleting like, old counts and it's like Gesundheit. Yeah.
2: Well, and
1: they're, they're just now deleting um, deleted items on a regular basis at 30 right. days. So I have a client that stores files, used to, stored files in their deleted items, like organizationally stored files in their deleted folder. I said, well, wait, wait, you can't do that. I said, well, no, that's the way I do it. No, 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 you can't. I said, because the first time a technician gets on your computer and you tell them my deleted. email is running out of space, they're going to empty
0: your recycle bin and they're not going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I had a client once who stored a lot of her files in her recycle bin on her desktop in Windows 95 it's <laughs> like do you keep important documents in your office do you keep important documents in the trash can next to your office you know next to your desk as your storage location <laughs> why would you do that why, how does that make any kind of sense wow. like what are you thinking?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, All right. Uh,
1: so, antivirus and spam filtering sitting at the front of that. Filtering. Filtering. Uh, yes. Filtering is a big deal. Um, yes. And, and Microsoft, you know, once again, Microsoft is, and Google, they are doing it. Uh, but they are only, they're doing it for a great big number of people. So it can't know your organization like you want it to be. It Mm -hmm. can't personalize as much as you would want it to be. Um, So a third party filtering is necessary um, if you want to go all the way with it. If you want, if you want, if you're a perfect, you know, I haven't put any third party filtering on my own system because I can recognize a spam. I expect my guys to be able to recognize spam.
0: so you're
1: you're, so you're um, relying on G Suite, right? G I'm relying yep. on G Suite. Yeah. And and I know you've had way more problems with G Suite fil- spam filtering than I have because I've yeah. seen things in the spam that necessarily shouldn't be in the spam, but I was like, I don't care. If I want to read more about, you know, if I want to read more from this particular vendor, I'll go into spam and unmark them as spam, but you know what, I'm not missing it.
0: <laughs> for for me, um like it's like I miss things though. I'm I'm at a point now where I have to be checking my my spam folder pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I miss things. Yeah and it sucks and the other Mm -hmm. thing that kind of sucks too is like i get some emails that are spam but they're from my um from my website Mm -hmm. and i don't want to leave them there as spam because then gmail starts to think well peter's website must be spam like well yeah no it's some jackass spammer using my site to send me contact form spam yeah (laughs) that's not the same yeah meanwhile i sent i forwarded that email asking if i could punch this guy to my friend scott wilsey listener you know sometimes Mm -hmm. listener of the show friend of the show and he replied back yes i can punch this guy and gmail (laughs) called it spam (laughs) (laughs) So so i don't want emails from scott marked as spam Mm-hmm. But I want emails from Sonny. I want his stuff a spam. Yes. Yeah. What do I do?
1: Um, you're going to have to whitelist Scott. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, so what I recently signed up for a new filter. there are lots of filtering services. You worked for a filtering, one of the big boy filtering services. I did. And um, which I don't like their product. And I'm, i don't (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I don't like their product at all
0: it has one cool feature that other i have not seen anyone else uh mm -hmm. do but other than that no i i don't
3: yeah
1: so i've signed up with a um uh, well blockworks is a security provider and then by me being a member of the 20, I'm able to buy it from them because you know, they do channel only. Uh, so uh, Blockworks resells a product called Avanon, A-V-A-N-A-N. Okay. And then we're able to manage it from there. And it's really slick. So we're, we've are we got it set up for our clients. We drop malware and phishing immediately. It gets, it, well, it goes straight to quarantine. They don't get any notification of it, mm-hmm. They but book. It does go into quarantine just in case, you know, just in case it's something that a user is expecting yep. or we need to do it. And then suspicious gets marked as suspicious and gets passed on to the user. Okay. So it sits on top of what Microsoft is already doing. Yep. Uh, and, and that's pretty cool because really Microsoft is catching about 85%. Okay. It's the other 15% that they're missing that's getting through. It's the the dumbest of the dumb are getting caught by Microsoft. And then, and then the ones that have a little bit of sense about, you know, hey, I might be able to make a proper, you know, TXT record or DMARC record or send it from a, you know, send it from a different you know, person or location or hack somebody and send it with legitimate emails. So it's looking for this, but then it's also looking for impossibilities. Like if you send an email to me from Boston and then you also send me an email from China in the same hour, the Superman rule, the Superman rule. Yeah, there's no way that 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 could happen and it gets marked and it's systematically looking for crazy things like that. And the SOC is watching this whole thing. So the Security Operations Center is watching this group of tools. They're not reading each email, just to be clear. They, they, there's, they're not reading the email. They're waiting right. for the computer to throw an alert. And then they investigate. Correct. And they go and they, they clean this stuff up. And they either pass it on to the user or they mark it as quarantine. Yep. And one of the things that I really like is it's got a nice heat map. Uh, It shows where users are logging in successfully. Yep. Yep. And there's also an opposite heat map where they're failing to log in, which Uh is also a nice heat map to see.
0: (laughs) Yes. The fail logins are very interesting. Um, What was very interesting with me was seeing hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of failed logins Mm -hmm. on this website that got hacked, followed by that success. And then everything (laughs) gets quiet after that. And it's like, that was the point of damnation right there. (laughs) Well, and, and so here's the thing.
2: If, if
1: you don't have those tools if you don't have a tool monitoring Microsoft is not monitoring for that in any oh, no. th- any shape form or fashion they
0: unless you buy their e5 product
1: yep e5 yep you, you're right you got to pay for the, the big you got to pay to play you gotta pay to play you gotta
0: you gotta pay for Microsoft to play
1: yeah yeah and you got to pay good money and they don't really want to do it They are doing it because it's being demanded of them.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want us to do that? I'll do that service. You're going to pay the stupid money. We don't care.
0: Pay through the nose. Uh,
1: But there, that same thing. You know, if that client, if there's no way you weren't watching that.
0: No. And and that's the thing is, SOC services and incident response services and stuff there are some clients for whom we do that, but for just plain old managed services, managed it services, that's not what you're paying us for. Yeah. You know? And that's the Mm -hmm. thing is like, I explained to my client who with the hacked website, I said, you know, as your host, I've investigated a little bit to try to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. But we're, you know, we've, we've determined it is compromised Anything we go further than this to figure out what happened, how long it's been happening, you know, what we need to do to make this not happen for you again, Mm -hmm. that's billable. Yeah. Right. Because that's not covered in just plain your hosting fee. And it's not like we're on a retainer. We're not doing a premium managed, secured hosting package for them. It's just standard run-of-the-mill web hosting. But Peter, why didn't you explain that to me when we started this? Oh, I did. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, don't re- I don't remember that.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you don't. But you also I don't have it in writing where we said we were doing all that for you. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so so you can argue that on, at, on a marketing perspective, from a marketing standpoint, we didn't do our job. But from a legal contractual obligation standpoint, sorry, we told you. Yeah. Yeah, we told you.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep.
0: Told
1: you. Okay. yep. So... Uh, Making sure, and then of course, th- this is your favorite. <laughs> this is we've talked about it in cybersecurity um, things um, of when it all fails, have cybersecurity insurance.
0: It's the backup, it <laughs> is the backup. But again, if saying like we don't care about a cyber attack because we have cyber insurance is like saying, I don't wear my seatbelt because I have health insurance. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, okay. <laughs> so I'll recommend that course of action. Mm-hmm. Really don't. Yeah. If I break my arm, they'll fix it. It'll never be right again, though. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never be right again. Bingo.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: brother. <sighs> what else we got? All right. So
1: that was that was our. I mean. Well, so one thing that I was thinking about, and and we don't do this uh, very often, just because it's too it's too too big of an issue all the time, is cybercrime is attempted robbery. It, I mean, if somebody tries and fails, that's really attempted robbery. We just mm-hmm. we've gotten to the point. Well, they were trying to get in my computer, and I didn't let them in. Well, if somebody comes to your door? And tries to get in and, and can't get in and you call the police they come get them that's they're going to get in trouble i don't know what level of trouble but they're going to get in trouble <laughs> so uh-huh. there, <laughs> there should be a level of trouble for cybersecurity attempted robbery and there is but it's very difficult to to do i mean it's very difficult logistically to get that person yep. but I'll include the link there is the the ic3.gov complaint form that people should fill out. Okay. Uh, because these dumb I mean these people are systematically repeating things over and over again. It's a game of numbers. Yep. You know, keep keep hitting uh, Yeah, keep it's hitting
0: it's them. a it's a numbers game. Totally is a numbers game.
1: But if if they got two or three reports from the same thing happening and they were able to narrow it down a little bit some of these uh, criminals could be found uh, you know and you know and I t- we there are very dumb organizations of the government um, NSA is not one of them you know if <laughs> I, I don't know what I can say about the FBI's version of this uh, but th- those guys aren't they're pretty sharp. I mean, and if you can get them a, a direction and point them, maybe they'll get something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the FBI guys, I mean, I think they're doing good. They're doing a lot better work there these days than they, you know, in, in the past. CISA, Center for Internet, uh, uh, C- Center for Internet Security, C- CISA. I don't even remember what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing amazing work and you know i think firing chris krebs was just uh, anyway mm-hmm. um you know but they're putting on a lot of good information they're assisting with in with um with with webinars and uh, lots of free resources and direct resources that they're giving to business and infrastructure so you know look just go out and start looking for these resources there's tons of available stuff out there for you you know what fire is yeah Oh, I know what FireEye is because we, <laughs> I happen to be involved in an engagement using FireEye right now for one of my clients. Okay. So tell me what FireEye is. So FireEye is a software security uh, vendor. Mm-hmm. They also uh, acquired uh, five, so five more years or four more years ago, uh, they acquired Mandiant, which was pretty much the premier uh, services in incident response and forensics they're mm-hmm. the ones who coined the term apt okay and they identified apt1 which is a division of the people's liberation army of china
2: for mm-hmm. instance
0: big names in security come out of of, of mandiant um and FireEye. Uh, i guess we're going into the news is that where, where you're headed with this or or were you just legitimately asking me what is FireEye? Well, because of the news. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, FireEye Ma- Fire makes a number of security software products, and they offer services in the you know form of Mandiant, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got hacked. They got hacked pretty hard. Their red teaming tools were infected, and this was done by uh, Fancy Bear, the APT, or no, uh, Cozy Bear. Sorry, Cozy mm-hmm. Bear, um, and uh, one of the you know Russian arms. Mm-hmm. And it was an advanced persistent threat, meaning they were in the environment for a long time before they were discovered. How did they get in? By hacking SolarWinds. <laughs> SolarWinds is probably something, I don't know if you're using it, but I know you know friends who are using it. I used we have, to use it. Uh Uh-huh. I used to use it. I'm still getting their emails telling me about all the good things that they can do to, you know, to patch it and stuff. But I'm like, yeah, I'm not using, I haven't used your stuff in a long time. Mm -hmm. SolarWinds is a network management product, uh, you know, and it's very widely deployed. And I have multiple clients who are using it. I'm not personally, we're we're not, Paradigm's not responsible for it. Mm -hmm. But it's out there. And this was a classic supply chain attack, you know, Mm -hmm. so like the russians wanted access to a bunch of places where do they go they hack solar winds mm-hmm. anybody who applied this update from solar winds over you know between the span of march and june got infected and that's currently thought to be at least eighteen thousand different institutions at this point including several wings of the united states government
1: yes yeah
0: well and so i
1: did see an article You know, I talk about I don't watch the news, but there's some things you just can't not see. Uh, But I saw that that Microsoft really got involved with that. And, you know, they they revoked some certificates on some of the operating systems. They updated the um, Defender antivirus on there. They ended up breaking some machines, uh, but they didn't care uh, because they were they were you know killing the virus and they had to break those computers and right. i would say that well i would say a rational person would understand that and recognize that hey my computer's broke but it stopped this virus i would be like okay you know <laughs> that sucks but uh, uh, there are some people that are going to be unreasonable about that yeah aren't there always aren't always? yeah aren't there always Yeah, So I I thought that was interesting that Microsoft actually got some kudos in the news of how well they did.
0: Yep. They've been doing that too. And this is not the first time that that Microsoft has done coordinated takedown attacks,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. working
0: with the government, working with other providers like GoDaddy and Amazon. Mm
3: -hmm. So,
0: yeah, no, I mean, but it takes, it just shows that it takes a coordinated effort to make a lot of this stuff happen. -hmm. You know, it's not just one agency. It's not just the government. It's not just business. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah. So that's uh. Well, I said that's some big nation-state stuff, kind of big deal. Um, You know, is is that what our wars are going to look like going through the future? Because we're just (laughs) partially,
0: at least in part. (laughs) Yeah. This is a part. I mean, look at the attacks on on uh, Estonia on on, uh, Ukraine uh Georgia over the last several years that you know that, that Russia has done before all of these big kinetic attacks, they're preceded by big old electronic attacks. Mm-hmm. And got news for you, we're not immune. Nope.
1: No. Nope. We laziness knows no boundaries.
0: <laughs> Today they're saying uh you know you should assume <laughs> essentially all of these uh, sites that have been hacked have been, uh, and, you know, government communications and stuff, Mm -hmm. they're on the inside. So they're Mm -hmm. privy to all the private knowledge now. Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just wow. We're just going to rebuild everything.
0: You're not joking. That's the thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And in in two of the incidents that I'm intimately involved with right now, Mm -hmm. that's going on. My client's yeah, yeah. website was one of those. We wipe. said, look, you can hire us to find out exactly what's gonna go, you know, what's gonna be happening. It's probably gonna take at least several days and you're gonna be out a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's gonna cost less just to start re- rebuilding it from scratch right now. Yeah, yep.
1: let's wipe and reload.
0: <laughs> and then if that <laughs> sounds daunting, think about if you were a hospital. And now, if that sounds daunting, think about if you were an entire federal agency.
1: Yeah. 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 I, You know, it's funny. I, uh, I, I think about that. I, I can think of a small medical practice that I have right now that if you said you have to rebuild their entire infrastructure, that would make me just put my head in my hands and have a little pity party before I girded up and and went on the attack, but I just couldn't imagine it in a huge organization like that.
0: It boggles (laughs) the mind. (laughs) So, should we move on to a nifty and start to wrap this up? Yeah,
1: let's let's nifty something and wrap it up. I'm
0: trying to find it. There it is. There it is. Now, I do not own this nifty, but I have had my hands on it. Um, uh, and I was inspired by this because Amazon also has the echo frames. Mm -hmm. So you can now buy eyeglasses. Uh, you bring your own prescription and Amazon has them with the lady in the tube, smart assistant built in.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Bose has something similar. Now I don't believe it has a smart assistant in it. But what it does have is it has speakers, Bluetooth audio speakers. So they pair with your watch or your phone Uh and you use them instead of earphones, you know, AirPods or earbuds or whatever you'd normally use. Mm -hmm. They use this spatial oral sound thing. It's called open ear audio. So your ears are open, right? There's nothing going into your ears. So the Uh speakers are part of the frames. Mm -hmm. They sound amazing. Really? They sound amazing.
1: Does everybody else hear it?
0: It's like um, like if you're wearing a Walkman, remember old style Walkman uh-huh. sense? If you have it cranked up, yeah. you could hear that you could hear they were listening to something. hmm It sounds kind of like that. Yeah. As you go to bring you know, bring the frames closer to your head as you're starting to put them on, you hear like. Teeny 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 teen teen wow stereo sound. <laughs> and you take it off and some war and you're
3: like, <laughs> and like
0: whoa, it is quite impressive. Cool. So I have to assume that Bose will do a better job than um, than at least you know the initial uh, echo frames mm-hmm. option. But I'm looking at the, the Bose frames altos. they're 179 bucks, and it's a, you know it's a slightly uh, older version. But um, they look really cool, and I'm really interested in maybe getting those and then having my prescription just pop them out, not use them as sunglasses, but pop them out and have my prescription lenses put into those. Huh? you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds kind of cool, but right now I have the AirPods Pro, so mm-hmm. I don't need those. Um, did I talk about that last? I don't remember, but I got, um, memory foam, uh,
2: mm-hmm. tips. Yeah. They're great. Yeah.
0: Loving them. They stay in <laughs> so much better now. So sure. I can't justify a new pair of these, uh, uh frames just yet, but maybe next year, Maybe um, maybe when I'm due for a new pair of glasses, I'll um, buy a pair of the uh, the Amazon Echo ones or whatnot, and you know, build them against my insurance because my eyeglass plan has you know gives me an option for one every year. So mm-hmm. so anyway, Bose frames—they look pretty cool, and
2: yeah. they
0: sound really cool.
1: Yeah the um, the only bummer, I mean, is. They are really expensive. I mean, they're really expensive, but they're not really expensive. I mean,
0: they're one hundred and seventy-nine bucks for a pair of decent sunglasses.
1: Yeah, yeah. I paid well, so I paid one hundred and fifty for my Ray Bans.
0: Yeah, and how much did you pay for your uh, your AirPods, your audio? Uh,
1: well, I did the I did the uh, refurb version, but I still paid a uh, hundred dollars for them.
0: So you're at two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> which is the same price as those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I paid two fifty for these stupid AirPods, mm-hmm. not counting the special foam tips that I bought.
2: <laughs> yeah. These
0: add-ons man. Ah, they're nickel and diamond. Man. <laughs> but anyway, on that note, I think we should start to wrap it up. Yes, sir. All right. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us both at uh, blurring the lines I'm on Twitter at Nicolaitis. Adam is on Twitter at Sublime Comp. Uh, Adam's website is sublimecomp.com. My websites are nicolaitis.com, paradigmcc.com, and yogawithpeter.com. <laughs> and yeah, if you want to get, get in touch with us, any reason, we don't care. Just send us spam mail. We'll make fun of you on the next episode. You know, <laughs> so uh, I think that's all I got.